0: I think a lot of brands probably have an internal brand in place. They maybe don't have it formalized, but short explanation is uh, an external brand. It's what communicates an organization's promise to its customers. So a promise being that foundational value they're committing to. So the kind of expectations a customer has. So like one example is Geico. They say 15 minutes or less can save you 15% or more on car insurance. So that's the expectation their customers have.
1: Good morning, everybody. Have you created an effective internal and external brand? Today's guest, Lauren Stewart, owner of Stewart Studio, is a brand strategy expert that knows exactly how important it is to have effective internal and external business brands. Welcome to the 50 ish Minute Coffee Chat. We're talking about internal and external brands and how they apply to small business owners and entrepreneurs on today's show.
2: Yay! We're so I happy to it. be here today. I you to do it. Selena's <laughs> had, let's just get this started, right? Let's. Selena's yeah. had a rough night. Just a, a little bit of she took care of a friend in need let's just put it that way and right. as such she did not get much sleep so we're gonna offer a lot of grace to selena today <laughs> if she Look, I, yeah. I was worried about how i was gonna do that intro like if
1: you had saw just how we hit the start button today so anna is definitely holding up the weight of today's show but it's we're gonna be good it's gonna be great i know i'm excited john thank you Lauren is episode 101, you guys. like That's
2: exciting. And we'll talk about this a little bit later, but she's the second to last show of the season, which is crazy that we've gone through yet another Mm -hmm. season. But I'm so excited about our topic today because even being within marketing, this isn't something we talk a whole lot about necessarily. Mm. And, And yet, it is incredibly important. Oh,
1: 100%. And it's funny how like, you know when the universe like when you say like oh i'm so interested in like a yellow bug like you know to drive and then that's all you see on the road and you're like how peculiar so when we were prepping for this show it was so funny there was like multiple like oh you know what we're gonna have a guest do you have an internal brand like i mean it was
2: just Perfect timing, I guess, right? Yeah, it sparked a good conversation both between us, but also looking at some of our clients and saying, Mm -hmm. "Oh, this might really like help support some of their, you know, things that they're looking to do." So, let's just throw in our call to action right now for anyone that's listening to us right now, or even if they're catching the replay, you can always drop a comment in later. Yeah, Uh, but have you created an effective internal and external brand? And I'm super yes. curious if you don't even know what that means exactly. Tell us in the yeah. comments, because that's who this show is for, right? Like mm-hmm. help you understand what internal brands are and external brands are, how they relate, why they're each important, what yeah. they can
1: do for your business. Right? Yeah. No, like, I mean, I mean, what, if you were to even ask, I mean, Anna and I, I don't know. I, I don't know if we have an internal brand, like. But this no, is why yeah. it's important to have the question with Laura, the questions with Lauren, and yeah. helping to kind of like solidify that and understand it, right? Yeah. Um, internal, right? It's right? Exactly. I know. <laughs> and, and and maybe you do have one, but you don't realize that's what it is, and so maybe separating the two can actually really help you even more effectively run your business because there are two kind of personas to a brand okay so like anna mentioned i'm not on my a plus game i'm on my a minus game so if i feel like i'm watching the show and forgot that i'm actually co-hosting the show (laughs) it's it's gonna be okay so Anna, what's next? What is next? What's we're, gonna next? Bio, right. we're gonna bring up
2: Lauren's bio and then we're gonna bring up Lauren. Okay, okay,
1: perfect. Okay, guys. So here is Lauren's bio.
2: Lauren is a designer, creative director, and founder of Stewart Studio. Her focus is in branding and print design. Shortly after graduating from college, Lauren married a dashing infantryman and the army swept her away from Texas for a life of adventure. She survived the sweltering heat of Georgia, navigating the faraway land of Missouri, and relished in the beauty of Colorado. Along the way, Lauren has worked for various design agencies and nonprofits. In her free time, Lauren likes to play tennis, two-step with her hubby, and decipher their toddler's adorable babbling. Being mildly obsessed with her dog, Lauren has also authored and designed a children's book full of colorful illustrations, a silly story, and a lovable pup. Oh my
1: gosh, how funny! I that? love that. I'm gonna to have to tell Lauren that. Well, actually, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna ask her if she follows the noodle pug guy on TikTok. Well, let me um, bring her up and let yeah, let's question out there.
2: Hi, Lauren. Lauren. So, <laughs> okay. first question
0: of the day Do you follow the noodle pug guy on TikTok? So, you might be shocked to know I don't use TikTok so no I I don't I'll have to look him up now
1: okay so he like they uh, noodle the pug took like the world by storm and he was an older pug we even had we brought his energy onto the show one day but so he he was older and so his his owner his human bestie would say like is this gonna be Uh, what was it a noodle day or uh, there was two terms that he used and one was like if he stood up because he's old and he could walk like for the morning it was gonna be like a good day if he didn't want to get up it was you know but I mean everybody fell in love with him you know he sadly has gone over the rainbow bridge but they created like a wonderful uh, children's book and it was just about like noodle and so anyway yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'll love, you'll love Noodle. You'll fall in love with Noodle and his as human bestie, but okay. Today's not about, you know, Noodle. <laughs> no. It's about oh, Lauren. No, no, no.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but thank you for being here. And we usually love to start with our guests with a coffee cup selfie. So if you have a mug, a water, do. We would love to have you hold that up, and we're just gonna like pretend that there's a photographer there. But one, <laughs> two, three. Okay. Oh, let's see. I think I can do that. Okay. We're, oh, excuse me. My dog is trying to catch like a cumbersome fly that has flown in and it's like the funniest thing. So if you see a dog fly through the air behind me, because <laughs> she's like moved her. Okay, anyway. Um let's get let's get us in position here and we're going to just jump into the first question. Yeah. So, let me go like this and let me go like
2: this and we're like Lauren, welcome hey, to the Lauren, show. Yes, friend center Lauren. <laughs> so our first question today is really about what the topic is all about. Right. I mean, we have this great comment that said internal, right. And I think that's most people's reactions when we're talking about internal and external brands. So can you start by telling us what is the difference between internal versus external branding or even what are they?
0: Right. Sure. So. I think a lot of brands probably have an internal brand in place. They maybe don't have it formalized, but. Short explanation is uh, an external brand. It's what communicates an organization's promise to its customers. So a promise being that foundational value they're committing to. So the kind of expectations a customer has. So like one example is Geico. They say 15 minutes or less can save you 15% or more on car insurance. So that's the expectation their customers have. Your internal brand is uh, what drives. The efforts that influence that external brand so mostly we're talking about getting buy-in from your employees and your stakeholders and having them on board so the two should work together hopefully there's kind of an inside out approach to branding so that everyone internally is on the same page communicating in the right way externally so it's kind of a basic breakdown of everything Got it. Okay. So
2: I, I love that. I'm going to, it's really quick Cause just kind of a, a very basic, what you said. So it's the effort that drives your external brand, the buy-in from your employees and mm-hmm. stakeholders uh, <laughs> to make what you're promising your customers happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. What a great, can I ask you this too? When, when you, when you say it like that, I'm like, Oh, would that also be like a company culture? It would kind of be like,
0: yeah, yeah, so the, the values, the purpose, the culture that drives the organization, all of that falls into internal branding. So yeah, you need everyone internally to embrace the values and the purpose and the culture and to be on board with it and to actually believe in it or else whatever you communicate externally, it's not really going to hold any weight. Right. Like you're like, hey, we love
1: sunshine and they're like doom and gloom. <laughs> if right. Okay. No, I love that because I think that kind of helps me reframe. You know, when you hear other terms and you're like, oh, it just means this. And now you, you know what I mean? You can really kind of compartmentalize them in the right, right. places. In yeah. Place. You know like narrow
2: down the i narrow down the components yeah. right? which is which flows perfectly into our second question mm-hmm. um which is can you tell us what are components of a successful internal brand just to help again formulate what that is in your head
0: sure so i think anything that gets you that buy in from your employees and stakeholders so anything that gets them on board I think the main components to do this are direction and motivation. So kind of to break those down, to give them direction, to know what the brand stands for, to understand the brand vision. And to do that, you're going to have to communicate that across the whole organization, to your executive team, to your functional teams. And that might, it should look a little different how you communicate that, because the way they communicate externally is going to look a little different. So you got to tailor that properly. And then you, you need to give them some motivation to actually care, to deliver on the brand promise. So they need to learn about it. They need to believe in it. They need to live it so that they can advocate for the brand externally too.
1: Oh, I love how you say advocate for the brand, right? Like that's an important part of internal branding, I would say is just if if everybody is on board, I mean, you are you're gonna totally advocate for your the company yeah. that has employed you or the business that you've built along with your team. Like, oh, I love that. And and again, I think what I love is because I was like, oh, is there two like it's we are doing it, we just don't realize
0: what it's actually called. Yeah, that's most that's usually the case. You just don't have terminology for those things. But you're typically you have some of that in place. It's basically good leadership and, you know, pulling everybody together. So I think in some form of another or another, you're probably already doing it.
1: No, I love that.
2: So what, it, what happens when you don't effectively give your message then to your employees? Like what happens if you cannot effectively communicate that? Like you might know what you want, but mm-hmm. when your employees don't really care, like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like what happens at that point to your internal brand and how is that affecting
0: what's happening on the outside for your company? Yeah, there's definitely downsides of them not understanding or believing in the brand vision and purpose so if they don't understand it they might be wasting time focusing on ideas or on programs that are off-brand or that might be inappropriate to the brand not you know bad per se but it just doesn't really fit um and if they're not believing in it they're not going to be find meaning or fulfillment in their day-to-day so they're not going to be brand advocates and like you said if, if you're advocating for sunshine in your doom and gloom, it's, it's going to negatively affect the interactions your customers have with your brand. And that's going to, you know, kind of ding your brand each time that they interact with somebody. We have a, uh, yeah.
2: yeah, we have a really good question that just popped in. So how does a mission statement and an internal brand differ from each other?
0: Yeah, I think the internal brand is kind of the umbrella. And within that, a lot of companies have purpose statement or a vision statement, a mission statement. So a mission statement's really just one small piece of that internal brand. So that's that's a tricky part of companies communicating all of those little pieces properly to their stakeholders, to their employees, so that the internal brand as a whole is is kind of going in the same direction for everybody. So it's just a small little piece of it.
2: So when you're looking with a working with a client, if you're working with a client as a branding expert and you see a shortfall in kind of maybe the way their internal brand is being messaged within their company, is that like one of the main steps that you need to kind of rectify before you can have a really good external brand or are they completely separated enough that you can you know focus on external branding and work with maybe a, a less
0: than internal brand that's not yeah i i think it's hugely important to have your intern your foundation your internal brand good to go and in place before you can be successful you know interacting in the market or it's just you know you interact, you interact with so many brands on a daily basis and if you get kind of a poor engagement or interaction with a brand it's going to turn you off immediately so you just you have such few chances to kind of get started with you know your employees interacting with your customers so you want to have the internal piece right before it can drive the external piece of things
1: well that makes sense okay lauren i'm going rogue and i'm asking a extra question what have like Is there been something that a client has been surprised about in the process of developing an internal brand, like with you? Like, have you, have you seen kind of like a, like, oh yeah, this, this comes up a lot or, or maybe even just like an interesting point without, you know, obviously divulging the client, but just an interesting part of the process that they found with the internal branding. I think
0: think with the internal, oftentimes companies are surprised with how they might view themselves versus how customers actually view them. So, you know, that's when you can get into some research and user testing and all that kind of stuff to actually get some hard data and some feedback, because a lot of companies might have an inflated view of how they're perceived, or maybe they even think the customer focusing on something different than they really are. So that's probably the most, it can be the most surprising factor, I would say.
2: But isn't that external brand though, what the customer focuses on? I mean, I I think
0: to kind of put them together, they might have built, originally built their internal branding, their focus to, to reach their customers in a certain way. And it's not effective. It's not working. mm -hmm. So that has to kind of be rethought. Got it.
1: Yeah. That almost makes sense. Like when you say that how, you know, we do usually come in with like, I'm here and you're like, they're really here, you know, and, but I can see how, like, when, when you're, when you're showing that client, Hey, no, you're really here. And this is really how your internal staff feels about, you know, you know, the company too. working on developing a stronger internal brand can really help elevate that external brand. Right.
2: Like
0: right yeah they definitely feed mm -hmm. into each other for sure they look different the strategies but they you can't separate them either right do
1: you feel like they're like you know when you get to that point like are well i i guess if clients are wanting to develop right they're open to receiving the feedback right
0: hopefully (laughs) (laughs) But mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, like if they're paying somebody yeah. for that big of a change, yeah, they're, they're trying to be more open to those things. Mm. So we mm. had another
2: question come in from our listening audience. It's from John again. He asks, are internal brands transparent to the customer and client, or is it supposed to be less obvious? Is it
0: kept internal only? Is I mean, you're sharing? Mostly an internal brand is yeah, it's, it's what your employees and stakeholders or, or internal stakeholders are going to see and that's what you're, but they're going to see pieces of it like they'll see things maybe like the, the mission statement or the purpose statement or those little things but as a whole, driving your employees to, to learn and care about the brand vision internally is going to be something that they primarily see and then the way that's communicated externally might look a little bit different. Or maybe they're exposed to all of it.
2: So I'm going to go, I'm going to go rogue like Celine and ask one extra question also. So how do you know if your internal brand is working? Like what are, what are going to be your check? What's your, on your checklist of saying, okay, we've hit these marks. That means this is functioning well for us.
0: I think some possible signs of success for that are, your your employees are more motivated, like we talked about. So they yeah. might help discover or, or implement new creative ideas or programs that benefit the company. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they have their lane they know that they are supposed to stand, but that also kind of gives them room for where they can be exercising initiative. And so that's a I think a big positive result if things are successful with your internal branding. I think another one could be them, like we said, advocating for the brand. So maybe when they're out and about, not even at work, they believe in it so much that they're talking about it, you know, they're, excuse me, they have influential communication, they're talking positively about the brand and advocating for it outside of work. So I think those are a few signs that things are working well.
1: No, I love that. Great real question, Anna. Because yeah. I think everybody wants to know, like, a benchmark, or you know what I mean, like something to look, look for. But I could imagine, like, if if your internal branding increases, you would see it, like, right, like that yeah. that, that company culture per se would be more alive and motivated,
0: yeah, more and, energetic, right? yeah, happier employees, I think. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. So. So when oh you're a solopreneur, you're really just talking about yourself at that point. Are there different things that you would want to be thinking about or doing when you're a solopreneur? Maybe don't have a team or your team are contractors that are as actively engaged as you're paying them to be
0: basically <laughs> right? at some point. <laughs> yeah, I think having some basic guidelines. If so like if If I were to hire someone to write me some blog posts for my website or something, I would want to have some kind of, you know, internal branding guidelines in place. So they know the personality of the brand, the overall purpose and vision. So they're not writing in a voice that doesn't sound like my brand. So yeah, I think there's some guidance you can still provide as a solopreneur for sure. God, Anna, I love that question because when you think about it,
1: though, right, that internal branding, if you're just working with contractors, it's its how you make them feel when they work with you. So when they leave, they're like, I love when I get um, a project from Selena or Lauren, like it and mm-hmm. it almost becomes like that kind of trickle effect of like an internal branding with non-employees, but people mm-hmm. that you work with, right? Like.
2: Yeah, because um, they still ultimately are going to speak positively or negatively yeah. about you and who your company, right? Yeah. Whatever their experience is with you as a contractor. Yeah. It's the same thing as an employee in that sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have employees out there going, I hate my job, right? <laughs> that's gonna be and yeah. that's gonna be terrible for right. well, why? Oh, my boss is a jerk or my boss is this, <laughs> right? My boss is that or yeah. I don't like the way they do this. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it also just really speaks to making sure that you have an environment where communication is key, right? Open door policy, that kind of thing, but also welcoming input. Mm -hmm. Um, And that does definitely, Lauren, go back to what you're talking about, the kind of leadership that you have within your company. And even as a solopreneur, we talk about this Mm a lot, you know, they're like, how do you be a leader when you're only a single person? Well, (laughs) right this is part of that is yeah. welcoming feedback welcoming engagement from the people that you are working with yeah. whether they be contractors or you know even like a mentor or a coach that's helping yeah. you work through business ideas mm-hmm. so right
1: no. Okay, great. Okay, we're gonna stop with the real questions and ask our last real question <laughs>
2: yeah. that Lauren knows we're gonna ask. I know. So this is gonna be like a complete shift in like conversation. We're moving yeah. off of kind of that internal branding and moving a little bit to external branding. Right. Um, one of Lauren's specialties is working on logos. So Lauren, can you tell us external branding wise,
0: what is it that makes a great logo? Sure, yeah, I work on logos a lot. Mm-hmm. Just the purpose of a logo, first of all, it should identify, so it should tell the consumer what company they're interacting with, what product or service they're buying, and it should give them some insight into the brand's values or personality. If you go through lists of what makes a good logo, there's you know usually like five to seven things, but these are my five that I could go back to. So. One is that a good logo is simple. It's easy to recognize, remember, you can identify it real quickly. So, you know, Nike, Apple are good examples of that. The second one is that it should be relevant or appropriate to the brand. So it should kind of speak to your target audience. It should fit your brand purpose, your values, your personality. So like Chanel, for instance you can kind of tell right away like this looks you know elegant and luxurious and and nice so it just fits well with chanel (coughs) excuse me the third one is it needs to be memorable so if you don't make a strong impact in a customer's mind they might remember your product or service but they might not connect it back to your brand so having a memorable logo is always helpful timeless we don't wanna follow design trends because they are always changing. So while, you know, there's lots of cool, psychedelic, funky logos coming out right now and they're really fun and neat, but will it last? I don't know. And then it needs to be versatile. So it needs to work with um, print media, web, you know, different scale, that kind of thing. So those are, I would say those are the top five. I think that's great advice. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, I love that. I. And I think, you know, some of the things that you had mentioned is, you know, it's not just, um, you really do have to think of all those components, right? Like when you are having a logo developed, or if you're trying to DIY it, you still need to kind of look at all those things. I, I have you, I'd love to ask Lauren, have you ever stumbled upon anybody's logo and you're like, oh, it's so atrocious that you're like, hey, can I just give you a little feedback just to make an
0: improvement? Like, have you ever, you know what I mean? It's, it's so tempting. I see ones all the time. I'm like, man, I, I really just want to do it, like, for free and give it to them. It's so bad. But, no, I mean, some people... With logos like that, they don't think they're bad. They're, they're special to them for some reason. Maybe, you know, maybe they did it themselves or whatever. So unless they really want help, it's not really, you know, it doesn't usually get anywhere unless they go find a designer and they're ready to do it. Yeah. <clears throat>
1: that is- yeah. You just mentioned an important part of how an owner feels about their logo. It is almost like an emotional, like, I birthed this baby. Like, I love this, like... Nineteen yeah. twenty-four. No, those are cool <laughs> fonts. So let's go like nineteen eighty-two font. You know, like on yeah. the original Apple Macintosh, like Do that had the Oregon tra- as your font. <laughs> 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 okay, like just for funsies, real fast, Lauren. What is a font that you absolutely just, like, makes your eye twitch, like, when you see it? Like, is there a font that bothers
0: you? Yeah, there's a few. Yeah. (laughs) Trajan Trajan Pro is probably my top one. It's it's the one that's known for, they used it for Avatar, and they kind of modified it some. Mm -hmm. Comic Sans, those are two basic ones that most designers hate.
2: Comic Sans, I love that. They're like, (laughs) that's the one that's got all the jokes about, what are we in kindergarten, kind of like, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Oh so gosh, funny. that's funny okay
1: we said font let me ask you another part of the what element like bothers you when you see it like is it kind of so overused or overplayed and and it's definitely not digging so if anybody's watching you have this as part of your logo <laughs> it's just a question
2: just an opinion an
1: opinion of yeah, lauren's
0: just an opinion so I have I seen this done well job. on occasion, but typically it doesn't work well when you try to fit some kind of shape in place of a letter in a word. So instead of having like the logo mark here and the word underneath, you know, there'll be it'll be some coffee shop with the word moon in it and one of the O's is a moon. Shape with a cow, and I just I typically don't think that works very well, especially for scale. So I would advise against it.
1: (laughs) That's it. You know, it's always it's always so interesting, like hearing the different. I I don't know. I love it because, like I said, this is not what we do, but it's always interesting to hear what logo creators how they feel. I tell you what, and you know, I know you said you're not on TikTok, but one of my favorite tiktoks is like i love watching like when they'll do like a logo creation video and it's like sped up so obviously their their one week is done in like 30 seconds (laughs) but it's always so fascinating to watch like kind of the involvement where they'll i don't know i don't know your process but it just seems like everyone is like the name and then they the industry and trying to figure out how that all is I don't yes,
0: know. There's a lot of pieces, and depending on your process, it can it can take quite some time yeah. to get right. Yeah. yeah.
2: Right. I think it's interesting because logos, I think, really are a reflection of the owner, the person who is wants to build the brand, right? So, yes. so a lot of times in their heads, they're thinking, I love this. And you're thinking, this doesn't work for your audience, right? And that... Yeah. That communication, again, this is that external branding, that external communication outward. But I feel like it also has to do with that internal communication. This is where it's so important to like, make sure you're getting that feedback, right? Again, even as a solopreneur, reaching out to people and saying, does this Fit my brand. And if people can't tell you what your brand is, that's already a problem, number one. But no, problem number two then comes with if you're not asking that feedback and it's an, only a reflection of what you love, you might really be missing the mark.
0: Definitely. And that, that's a really tough part of design is getting usually the CEO or the mm-hmm. stakeholders on board with the direction. Because mm-hmm. like you said, sometimes what they think they want outweighs the logic and the data It's just their heart that wants to keep that old, you know, kind of bad logo and just kind of fix it a little bit. And it's really not the best option, but it's what they want. So that's I'd say that's probably the hardest part is convincing them of the right business strategy that ties into their business strategy. That can be difficult. Yeah, that can be quite stubborn. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no yeah gosh I mean just you saying that right I think about it is there are there, there are going to be those clients where it's like okay the percentage of emotion tied into that logo mm-hmm. is like this right and then there's some like yeah just whatever works um,
0: you know personalities for sure and it's you it got to be careful because they they know their business best you know they started it they built it so I, I never ignore their feedback even if I disagree with it but <laughs> Yeah, that's just a tricky thing to navigate. Oh yeah.
2: That's great. Well, Lauren, yeah. thank you so much for that information. I love this conversation. Like yeah. just like it's it's I think it's just good to sit and reflect for just a moment. Like if you take a minute to anyone who's listening right now or catching the replay, right? It's it's that question of like what do people say about my brand or my business both inside my company and outside my company? And are they are they congruent with each other? If your employees hate working for you, but people like your brand, you're lucky, I think, because eventually that message of "I hate working for this person" will get out, right? Like, don't you think? Like, yeah. I almost feel like I almost
1: feel like you're doing something right, right? Yeah. Like, if it, as the leader or whatever, if your company culture, you know, your internal branding is meshing. Then you're doing something right. Like high five to you if you are doing <laughs> that. You know what I mean? Yes, totally, um, absolutely. Yeah. No, Lauren, I like. I Thank you for like kind of sharing a like a lot a, a, a little bit. Like a you know what I mean? Bit. Like <laughs> of kind of the difference because I think now I feel very confident how to explain it, and I feel confident like, oh, okay, this is what this is, and. Then, is this how you want your company to be perceived as a leader? Is this how you want your internal team to feel, you know, about the brand that you've created? Gosh, We're good. great yeah.
0: questions.
1: Yeah. Um, so Anna, I'm, I'm okay. Our yes. Yeah. Having said that, I'm going to pull this up and I'm curious, like your thoughts yeah. on this, hold on. Let me, let me go here. Yes. Okay. So because we talked about logos and that took us down like a design, kind of like, hey, let's just share what's in our toolkit. And, you know, there's obviously different levels of expertise here. I would imagine Lauren is definitely an Adobe Illustrator kind of gal. I'm yeah,
2: expert. Please, yes, not aware.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, But these are some of the tools that we love and that we know that of, of people that we've been, you know, ex- excited to talk with. These are some of the products they use when designing. I Canva, Illustrator, and then I believe Adobe Creative Express used to be Spark. And it's kind of like, Uh, Canva's competitor, like they're equal in what they kind of offer for the less experienced designer. Is that right, Lauren, since you are an Adobe product user? Would that be correct in me saying? I'm sorry,
0: can you repeat that? Oh,
1: no, like how, how, like Adobe, I don't, I figure you're an illustrator user, Mm -hmm. but the Adobe Creative Express used to be Adobe Spark. And oh, I believe maybe. the two, Canva and Adobe Spark, are very competitive in, like, I the, so. right? Yeah. yeah.
0: To be honest, I, I don't use either of those often since I use yeah. Illustrator primarily. Right. But I think you're right. I think they're mm-hmm. competitive.
1: And I love, like, I do love watching, um, I I love, like, I do use Illustrator, but I I know I don't have the patience in my head sometimes, like, to lock it down, and I haven't learned, the a through z i feel like i've learned like a and then a t and then maybe an <laughs> r you know what i'm saying but i do love when i like i was mentioning those videos i love watching just the different art boards and how they set themselves up and how like when they are developing the brand guide within illustrator i love i just i don't know i love the whole thing so <laughs> so yes this is what we this is what we recommend and uh, we did link to these so you can learn more about it. If for some reason you've never heard of any of these on our blog, Anna is like putting it down there in that little
2: thing that goes by. I um, did. So I over. went ahead and, yeah, it's in the comments a direct mm-hmm. link to the blog that deals with our conversation with Lauren, the toolkits, mm-hmm. and all the ways you can connect with Lauren, which we're going to mm-hmm. do next. Or you can just find us at Selena.com yeah. backslash blog and see all of them. Yeah. So, okay, moving on. <clears throat>
1: so, Lauren, tell everybody if they, where they can find you, where you like to hang out. It's not on TikTok yet, guys. So don't <laughs> find her there. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, this is it's funny being in the design industry. I'm not a huge social media fan, but I am here. I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and I have my own website. So I'll communicate through any of those channels. I, yeah, I don't like to be honest, I'm not super active on any of them. I'll look at stuff, but I don't post too much, but I do like to to network and communicate. so please reach out on those channels.
1: Can I okay, wait, I, this is a total question. rogue again, Lauren. I'm gonna come back, wait hold on, I'm I wanna I wanna put our faces up. Do you where do you find your inspiration when you're designing? like what like where do you go for inspiration?
0: So that is primarily what I use social for. On Instagram, I follow a lot of designers and agencies that I really admire. So that's a big one. There's also some blogs I really like. There's one called Brand New, and they review logos every day, like cute, big um, logo redesigns. And I love their, their stuff. It's really fun to read those. So that's I a little interesting,
2: right? Okay.
1: Yeah. I know what I'm going to be doing. Like, <laughs> right. not maybe right after the show. I think I'm going to go take a nap. But...
0: Yeah, you'll know okay. that's
1: rabbit holes. So save some yeah. time. Okay. We will be sure to add that in the show notes so that if you're listening to this on the podcast, you can kind of click over and we're going to pop that in because I think it's important to have inspiration. And I mm-hmm. I don't know, you said something there. So, okay. Sorry. Back to our regular programming, <laughs> wh- whatever. Um, I'm going to pop us back in
2: too. I'm just moving so slow today, guys. Okay. All right, Anna. Ah, so our tip jar today comes from Carolyn Beezy, who is a CPA. And Carolyn says, This is a tip for transitioning a retirement account from a former employer to a new job. So, have you considered what you'll do with your retirement accounts? If you're investing in a company owned, company sponsored 401k at your previous place of employment, you have a few options. One, roll it over within 60 days. Two, roll it over to an IRA within 60 days or three, you may be able to leave in the money in your account as is, if the plan allows it, if you don't deposit within 60 days, however, you can face a 10% tax penalty plus federal income tax on the full amount. If you are under 59 and a half years old. So this is the kind of stuff you don't think about until it happens, which is why we love to throw something out for our tip jar that maybe small business owners and entrepreneurs aren't necessarily thinking about. So if you are looking to become an entrepreneur yeah. and you're ready to drop out of your nine to five or full-time gig, yeah. and this is something that you may want to just take note of and you can always reach out to Carolyn Beasley, yeah, yeah. that Instagram account right there for more information and support yeah. in this area.
1: I will tell everybody I did number two. Oh, that sounded weird. Like <laughs> we that was not it. intentional, guys. What I meant to really imply was I I rolled it over in an RA, to an IRA when I got married to my military um, service member, and we PCS from Hawaii, and I left my twenty year restaurant job and to, you know. Fort Polk, Louisiana, but it was, I mean, you really do just have that certain amount of days and to roll it over and it's been great. It's a little scary though. I will say, right. Like just watching your, your numbers going up and down and seeing how it goes. But
2: thank you, Caroline. Okay. Okay. So guess what? We are at the end of our show. I am super excited to say that next week's guest is ben williams ben is well he is a colleague of selena's i have as yet to meet him but i'm super excited to do this so he's a composer and a brand strategist so i love that we're having this internal external brand conversation and then next week we're going to go over, and we're going to speak with more, Ben more about harnessing your voice and the power of your storytelling and your ability to really do that messaging more effectively. Yeah. Um, and so I'm super excited to have him on as our guest. Mm-hmm. It is going to be our final show of this season, and then there will be a summertime mini break All right. um, before we come on back with season 11 of awesome. the 15 Shamanic- Nation wow.
1: So crazy. So crazy. Let me just pop our, our faces back up. But Lauren, thank you so, 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 so much. Like we totally appreciate the conversation and the information. And we know that people listening or hearing. Oh, that is the same. Hearing and listening is the same thing. You guys, I'm telling you, lack of sleep really just kind of messes with... Um, no, I'm going to... Look, I say that, but I really actually still have a funny inability to speak sometimes, whether (laughs) I've had nine hours of sleep or one and a half hours of sleep. So Lauren, we are really excited. Not we, we are grateful. That's what I meant to say that we've had you here today. And, um, you know, guys, we'll, we'll see you next week on the next show. That's right.
2: Thank you for joining us and have a great time. Bye everybody. Bye.